T, capital H, capital I-N-C, period, creates sound as a means of exploring the unknown, a way of processing the known in a new way, drawing on their love of early industrial music like Throbbing Gristle and Eisterzunde Neubotten, think are interested in exploring sound and ideas from the subconscious brought to the foreground. Sonic resonances made of flesh and word mesh with metal and synthetics to create new experiences. Robert Hyman and Christopher Turner of Chicago's Think tackle the experimental questions on this week's podcast interview. Question one, when did you first become aware of experimental sound and music? You start that one, Chris. Mm. When did I become aware of... When did you first become aware of experimental sound in music? I don't know. The 80, the 80s? <laughs> maybe. Maybe maybe 80s, 90s, early 90s. Listening to like out there punk rock. I guess probably. Like some of that stuff got noisy, so and weird, so I think that's probably somewhere in between like the early 80s and mid 80s probably getting into like crossover between punk rock and metal and like somewhere in there is noisy stuff and, and what what would you classify as like the first experimental thing that you heard honestly it was probably KMFDM's first album if I think back it's yeah. probably because that was a weird one because like, they had like tape loops and like mm. just weird pieces and yeah, I'm not familiar with it. That's, I mean, other than weird rock, but that was probably one of the first records that was just like, wow, that's not really kind of normal music. Like, it's just different. Yeah. yeah. Electronic elements, I guess, samples. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. before then it was, you know, maybe Devo, maybe Devo might have been one of the first bands that were kind of like, I heard some of their weird stuff, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably where it began for me. What about you, Rob? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, experimental sound and music. I, I want to say it was um, what what I would consider that stuff is probably yeah, it's definitely sort of like late '80s when I was in college. Um, I think getting exposed to. Uh, like ambient music, Brian Eno, oh, yeah. 
Um, I remember the uh, Peter Gabriel's uh, soundtrack for Passion, The Last Temptation of Christ. Hmm. Um, really, I mean, it's more probably world music, but there's definitely, you know, there's a, there's a world of sound in there, I guess. You know, there's a lot of sort of different takes on it. But yeah, I think that kind of tapped in. I mean, I had, you know, tapped into a few things prior to that, like Sonic Youth and Swans, um, quote-unquote industrial, you know, that were things that, that I understood to be industrial that maybe weren't, but um, that was, I think, you know, that stuff was probably the first thing that I didn't necessarily interpret it as experimental, but thinking back yeah, on it, it, it yeah. started to go that way, you know. That and the Disney Haunted House record. Yeah. If I had to trace it back, it would definitely be that record. <laughs> it would definitely have sparked my interest in it. Chipmunk records. Like, how the hell did they get his voice so high? I would say even maybe even some of that. Like, you know, because that's probably the first stuff you hear that's, like, really weird. Like, not normal. Like the normal. Uh, Star Wars story on vinyl. <laughs> you know, the, the books yeah. on tape sort of thing, where it's like, beep, turn the page. I was like, wait, what are all those sound effects and stuff, you know? Yeah, you had to take it back. Sounds of Star Wars. Outside yeah. of music, you know. Definitely the Disney Hub record. <laughs> There's sure. one had that one, right? Yeah. yeah. When did you first begin your personal experiments? Never. Like what? Like self-mutation experiments, or like yeah, what? See, I've been growing a third arm. No, um, it had to be. It had to be the early '80s. I think. I think. Really? Yeah, like my brother and I dinked. We dinked around with a recorder. I know, like recording ourselves and that, like you know, or like recording stuff off the radio, or okay. you know, like. But you like played with, with it? it? Yeah. Yeah, like we're just like stopping and recording over stuff and like. You know, before before you, it, we even really knew what it was, I, I would say. Right. It was, yeah, it was probably the early, mid-80s. And when did you get that, what did you say, it was a PIA modular thing or something, the radio show Oh, the, thing P, the PIA, yeah. PIA? My brother yeah. used to order PIA uh, modular since Build Your Own, like when they first started out. So he would have that. Like, what was that, that like mid-80s maybe? He probably got that in like 80, 82. Wow. Maybe. Really early. I know, I mean like... If I remember, it's 82 or 83, like, my brother had that kind of stuff coming in. So he, through it, through it being in the house, it was like, okay, well. But it was mostly, like, just recording stuff outside or just and just moving tapes around. Because we used to do a lot of, like, compilation cassettes and stuff. So just through that, you would find those those kind of things that to play with. Like, what else are you going to do in rural Michigan? <laughs> That's funny, that actually makes me think of the, uh, I don't know if you ever had any of those old, uh, like, Radio Shack electronics kits. I've seen them. Where there, there was, like, a box, you know, mm. and it had all these connections, and you could mm. connect them with little wires, and, like, you could, you know, get the little Morse code thing to beep, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, and a yeah, buzzer yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, that's, I mean, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe, yeah, no, that it's maybe relevant. I don't know. I think it is. I mean, um, just because you didn't, rec- it wasn't recorded or something. Yeah, it was still it was experiment. Just, yeah, 
but I think formally, like you know, me me actually composing music or whatever to put it on tape, you know, on a multi-track or a, you know, four-track cassette or whatever it was. Yeah, that was probably like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Again, like when I got mm. I got into college and started playing in bands and then got interested in recording and then interested in, you know, composing but not, you know, being a drummer and not having any sort of, like, ability to play melodic instruments, per se. Mm. It was hard for me to necessarily, like, compose a song, so it was, you know, little simple keyboard melodies and sound effects and stuff, you know, just to... It still works, though. ...put something together, but that, yeah, I mean, but that was definitely, you know, recording with the intent of writing stuff and, and documenting it, you know. So I would have to say that's mine, probably 87, 88, maybe. Nice. So yeah, you were definitely a lot younger. <laughs> only only because we had a lot of time and a record tape recorder. <laughs> I was probably busy watching from the store. Over. If you had to choose which camp your material would belong, would it be more the world of music or the world of sound? And I guess it's more in relation to what we do and think. I think it's both. <coughs> it's, to bo- it's both depending on what we're, what we're working on and depending on the project. That's true. I mean, we have some stuff that's more structurally, more songish, you know? Mm-hmm. And other stuff that are more just sort of experimental experiments in sound, you know. Yeah, I just But I don't think we realize that until we're we actually after we're recording, we physically start mixing stuff. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. doesn't really deliver that. We, we, I guess we never have. Well, I guess the early early stuff because that was all composed with the idea of we were going to be able to repeat it and rehearse it and perform it. That's true. That's very true. So we had an idea of, uh, you know, writing songs that had at least some sort of structure, even if it was like a structured improv, you know. That's true. That's true. Um, And those would maybe be more considered more, you know, songs or slash music. Yeah, Um, now now it's definitely, it's definitely in that. It's, it's both. It doesn't really. It doesn't really. Yeah, it's funny. Posed with that question, I don't think I ever thought of it as just sound. But yeah, I think it, it definitely can be just, you know, the the world of sound of like yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, both of us the experiments that we do with the equipment that we use, mm. you know, is a lot uh, can often be you know. Um, let's see what sort of sound this makes. You know, yeah, let's, yeah. let me plug these yeah, things in yeah. and see, you know, let me start playing with it and see what kind of sound I can make and just, and definitely being, you know, being interested in the idea of an interesting sound, mm. the, the, the way a sound, you know, I definitely, I know for me personally, like when I'm working on, uh, you know, melter material or, or just material on my own, that's, that's, you know, song oriented or something, I'm, I'm very driven by sound. Like, I'll respond to a sound. I can listen to, like, a drone or something like that that's, you know... To me, just sort of says a ton, even though it's very... It could be very static and just, you know, 
could just literally be a you know just a droning mm-hmm. tone or something but it there can be something about it that puts you into a headspace or puts you know se- it just says something you know um, I, I and that's I, definitely the world of sound I, I think ours recently touches on and combines both even in within the same album or, or song sure you yeah know, which I think is great I think it's 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 both but it's also both of them at the same time or it can be yeah I think that's, that's yeah and like like I said I think other than maybe some of that early stuff we haven't done as much in the last few years that's been um song song structure oriented yeah. yeah we've done we've edited things into more you know like things that had beats and so forth that you know maybe seem to have a little more alluded to some sort of structure you know um but yeah we haven't really intentionally written anything in a long time where it was like oh let's program a bunch of beats and let's program parts and stuff you know even even you know even a few things i guess that we've done where there's rhythmic stuff in there it's sort of rhythmic for the sake of having some sort of pulse and having some sort of tempo but not so much you know being a a foundation for a song or something on top of you know yeah i think i think that's a good yeah good way to look at it so yeah i guess you know in the grand scheme of thing it's probably yeah, it's very much the world of sound as much as the world of music if not if not so more so leaning towards the world of sound just experimenting yeah. with sound I think know? I think we pulled the music from the from sound if that makes sense yeah you know because some of some of the stuff we record is all it's all sound but then oh we find melodies and songs within that stuff working right, on it right or we refine, find the things that, that you know seem to seem to have music yeah or just seem seem to have some sort of weight or something some some sort of intent to them you know and because yeah we can you know we can sit and generate sound for hours and only find you know 20 minutes of it that seems valid you know or seems interesting enough you know to uh put together as like oh this is something someone should hear other than just oh this is us making noise for three hours you know very true How do you know if ever an experiment was a success? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think, I think we definitely know. I mean, we know all the time. That's why we, you know, we go back and listen to stuff that we create and go, oh, that's cool. Let's yeah. do something with that. You know, I guess it's I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's just it's. It, uh, uh, and, and I guess quantifying a success is just being, you know, oh, that seems worthy of someone listening to, other than us. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, to me, it's as if everything that we've done up to the point of releasing that, that if if someone else can get the concept and understand the ideas or or just enjoy it, then it's it's successful. But not, you know. Mm-hmm. But but then there's beautiful failures too out of out of experimentation that just happen to work, and, you know. Like I, I I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question, but it's yeah. It's, I mean, I guess you'd have to you'd have to clarify what what you consider how you define success. But 
Um, I guess yeah. If, if I, mean, we, I think we we pretty much succeed all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, know? if you're experimenting just to get an emotion out of something or someone, to me, that's if you can get that, then that's. I think that's one side of it. And then if you experimenting with just ideas and concepts, that it's it's a. Um, that's the other side of it, you know. There's, I think, to me, there's two two parts of that, mm. and I think we do a really good job of working with the material to get to get something that's successful, or as as, as successful as we can get it, I guess. I think. You know, what's the point of putting out an experiment that doesn't work, you know, to, to the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And I think, you know, with what you and I do. Um, you know, we both work independently. Like, yeah. you know, you can you can sit and work on your stuff, and and you know, that's maybe you create that's something that's you know, okay, that's interesting, but it's sort of, you know, you're in your own bubble, or am I? I might do the same thing. I might be like, you know, playing with the modular and trying to. Well, I'm just trying to explore this concept of you know yeah, that's true. how that's to patch these two things together and see what happens when I do. You know, it's like that micro micro experimenting that goes yeah. on. Which I think helps us refine it and get better, and, better results. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's part of sort of educating, or, or you know, um, getting more proficient with the equipment that you use. Understanding yeah. when I patch this thing into that, here's some of the sounds that I can get out of that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so yeah, it, that can inform future things when you're like, okay, I want to do something like this or that. I can, you know. Here, here's the tools I can use to, to get me there, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think for both of us, you know, we, we, we have stuff all the time that maybe we're just playing around with with no, no intent whatsoever to, to even record it, let alone, you know, release it or whatever. It's just yeah. sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, we're just experimenting on our own. But I think the, I think what we find the power of collaborating is as soon as you know you create something and someone responds to that and adds something to it all of a sudden there's uh, value there that's created there's there's some sort of dialogue you know there's there's communication between us that's you know musical in nature or sound in nature but um, it um, all of a sudden has validity because yeah. it's not it's not just you or like you know I can create something that I think is really cool but I mean uh, you know I don't know if anybody else would think it's cool you know yeah. but I think if you collaborate then all of a sudden oh you know I had no idea you were going to do something like that or you know that takes it in a new direction and that's interesting yeah I think the collaborating helps kind of weed out the, the more failed mistakes because mm -hmm. it's, it's like if if you're working on something and I'm working on something before we get together and put them together. My my side of it or your side of it might be weaker or not, not exactly what you expected as the experiment. So bringing that together, you know, there's all, like you said, there's times where we record stuff that isn't always usable or we just don't want to use it. Right. And I think the more you collaborate and the more, the more you minimize those experiments coming together that don't work so then your ultimate end goal is 
having experiment with it is successful more often. The percentage, the percentage is pushed, right. I think. Because there's definitely been times where I've been like working on something and try to bring it in and, and play with something that you've been working with and it just doesn't always click. Or, yeah. So then you just kind of like, eh, throw it out and yeah. do something different. So I think, yeah, it's a good, it's a way of weeding out. I mean, I guess, for how, sure. how do you know it's just instinct? You just, you just listen to it, you know, and I... I yeah, I think you feel, you, there's a certain satisfaction you get from finishing something and... and yeah, we seem to know a lot, like, even while we're doing it, like, oh, we try. Oh, that was, that was good. You know, that, oh, it was like, oh, there was, you know, like I said, we can jam for an hour and record it and go, oh, there was some good stuff in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm always intrigued. I'm always really, really, really surprised and intrigued by the idea of, like, going back and listening to it, you know, even the next day or a couple of weeks and just being like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> You know, and, and throw their tracks up and like, you know, without even looking at it, being like, I don't know who's making which sound, you know, like, I don't remember this. It, it, that's, you know. Or I did this. I did that. If that was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what, what the hell was I thinking? You know, that's so true. or, oh, yeah. What, you know, I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't register that, you know, oh, you did something really cool there that, you know. I didn't pick up on at the time or whatever, mm. so it's there's huge value in, in going back and listening to it afterwards because I find it definitely hard to, um, depending on how well prepared I am, mm. to to be completely aware in the moment of of what I'm doing and what you're doing and what what we're creating. You know, it just clicks. I think I think when you know it's a success, when you look at look at the person you're working with and you just kind of go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've had a few things like that. Yeah, that's the sound or that's what we, we were looking we for. We did a few but. jams that were just like literally, we took that stereo recording or just, you know, like minimal editing or anything, just like, oh man, that was, yeah, that was amazing. Like where, where the hell did that come from? Let's and how try did, to do that again. How did we, yeah, how did we channel that? That was just, you know outstanding and and it was like yeah just you know oh thank god i've got it recorded and we're just gonna you know eq it and it's done you know it's a roll of the dice but yeah hopefully you can get dice that are fixed for you and roll roll your good stuff all the time yeah
how did you start collaborating? Well, I know how we met. You know, we met in what? 2001? Was it? 2001, 2002? Somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was working at Invisible. <laughs> I was like, you like to do music, weird music. I like to do weird music. Yeah. You have a space to rehearse. I have a space to rehearse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. The, <laughs> Everything yeah, was that simple. The first, the first stuff we did, yeah, that was over in your, in your artist in residence space, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Like, Oh, we like these bands. You, I like these bands. Like, let's just let's get together and. Yeah. So it was what like two thousand one, two thousand two. Then um, we met, you know, through that, through Invisible Underground Inc. Mm -hmm. You know, working when working at Martin, you came in to intern, and then from that, it's you know, well, ninety five percent of the people that probably get involved are musicians to begin with right like, true yeah yeah you're not going to intern at a label if you're not a musician or something probably but <laughs> um but yeah just talking from that and obviously you know i think i had a friendship from that but then yeah i think we we quickly started collaborating oh it's like yeah oh, you that. do you do music oh yeah yeah well like i think it started yeah you, you start with the music like oh i like this band or this band mm -hmm. and then oh you're a musician yeah oh okay yeah yeah and then then well, let's get together and jam man, and see what happens and like yeah you know yeah because i remember that 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 was that, those were like long days because <laughs> you know i had that whole like percussion rig that i had to like load it all up <laughs> because it wasn't was like you big, could it was that big stand yeah i had that like drum like, rack that but it was all <laughs> like you know like even some of the craft is still hanging in this room here like you know sheets of metal and just pieces of things and but i had it like hanging you know on that rack and all mm -hmm. that and had some acoustic drums involved too but in electronics and but yeah that i mean that whole thing was a monstrosity to put together but what do we i think you could like get that room for what like five hours or something so it was like yeah it was like two or th at least two or three at a time um load up set up you know <laughs> Yeah. do all that stuff and then be like okay what are we doing you know? yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just start just like making sound for a couple hours and some of that stuff was good I know I've got recordings of it but I don't think I've listened to that in forever there's, there's some good songs on there for sure um, there's a lot of bad songs too and then tear it all down load it up and take it home you know <laughs> you were lucky you just had to go up the elevator and go yeah, home but, but still you know, it's still yeah it's still yeah, just a lot for of me as a yeah as a drummer it was a lot of because i think i had i probably brought my pa as well yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. so it was like oh my god it's, you know <laughs> i think i was you know what 20 years younger so i could do it then but so early 2000s like yeah and then you know that that was just kind of a thing it never really i mean we did it for what like a few months and that was mm -hmm. that and then mm. and then we started the thing with nathan and ivan the yeah. four of us you know which was attempting to be more of a band with more structured songs and whatnot i don't think i've ever heard much of that i've got some of it yeah yeah, yeah. but um that, yeah so it's been a while been and then you and i did the thing together that was like the first time after that, that project latch. fell apart yeah that i think yeah that again was kind of short-lived um but you and i did it for a few months or whatever and came yeah. up with a few tracks you know and then we didn't do music and then we did do more music and then we didn't you know but <laughs> yeah but we we totally like stopped i mean that was probably 
what, 2003, 2004, yeah. Yeah, I know it was that time because then, you know, when I moved when I moved away from Chicago and then came back, I don't think you and I did anything for like a while. 10 years. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. For some dumb reason, but we hadn't, you know. Life life got it. Like, it was just, life got yeah, it doing other things and whatever. And, and, <laughs> and then I, re- I remember that, like, um, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I remember having that conversation with Jen and it just like, Mm. The light bulb just went on. I'm like, why am I not working with Chris? Why am I not making music with Chris? Yeah, you probably reached out to me. Yeah, after after you moved. And I think it was literally probably that same day or the next day. I just like texted you or something. It's like we need to start collaborating again. You know, because yeah. I just realized you know I missed it. And 36 gold albums later. Yeah, I mean, that's 50 million Think fans later. We've got gold lapel suits, and here we are. They're Filipino records, but they're gold, so it counts. It counts in America for at least one, something like that.
What can you say about the idea of making making the art and running a label at the same time? Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that's that's everyone says that. Alluding to Lens Records, but you know, um, so I started doing that. Well, originally I started doing it in like '99. I think that was the first thing I did, Reptilica record. Nice. And then, you know, went to work with Martin, and then I stopped doing it during that time. Um, and then after that, like what 2005, I think when I when I came back to Chicago, that's when I sort of picked it up again because I wasn't mm-hmm. working with Martin. And then, obviously, knew you and Ivan and Nathan and Robin and a few other people, and it was like okay. Everyone was kind of doing their music and doing their thing. And it was like, well, let me, you know, let me do the label thing to help everyone promote, you mm-hmm. know. And it was it was definitely fun to do. But then I kind of over the years, I guess what then until around 2012, honestly, is like the the last time I've done any sort of official release. Um, and you know, handful of reasons of why I stopped doing it. Um, um, you know, personal reasons, financial reasons. I think the biggest one, though, was like, you know, I found myself spending a lot of time promoting other people's music. I could see that. Um, which I enjoyed. I loved, you know, the people I was working with and, and the music I was involved with and helping to release and promote. But, um, I just, I think, whatever, getting old. I wasn't making, that was the thing. I wasn't really making, mm. I guess I was playing in Mr. Russia with Ivan, but other than that, I wasn't making any music on my own. And um, I just kind of got to the point of like, why am I spending all this time and effort promoting other people's music? Why don't, why don't I make my own? You know, I kind of became apparent to me that you know, getting older and whatnot, I'm like, hey, you know, I've only got so much time left. I think right. I should be, right. I should be making my own music and doing that versus you know other people's stuff. Um, so yeah, I think you know, 2012 was the last official thing that that came out on Lens, and then, um, you know, I guess I kind of had the intention of doing it more, like with even with our stuff, even though at this point we, we don't have any physical product. If we if we ever did some sort of physical product, I'd, you know, if it was cool with both of us, I'd just put the, put the name on it just to give it a home, you know. Yeah. Um, put it out into the world, but... Um, Mini discs, we're bringing them back. Yeah. But you say about the idea of making the art and running label... Yeah, I think, well, it, yeah, it's, if anything, you know, I guess some people can do both, but yeah, that was, <laughs> like you said, that's probably the reason I don't do the label so much anymore it's is because I just, very, very yeah, I just don't have time, you know, I, and, and the way I look at it now, I don't even have enough time to make the music I want to make, so mm. I definitely don't have time to run a label, you know, because then I'd make even less music, so. I know it's tough, like I, I spend, for my, my stuff, I spend. I spend almost, depending on what it is, almost the same amount of time doing artwork as for recording sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just to just to get the just to, to get them in line to make sure that I'm happy with with what they're doing. So it is time consuming. It's like it's really hard to like 
it's probably gotten easier now because of digital so you, you don't have to do you know cars and booklets and, and yeah. covers and you know you can just do one flat cover or whatever so it's a lot easier and quicker but yeah but it's, it's like time consuming yeah but even like the stuff a couple of the think releases you've done where you know you did a whole suite of, yeah. of photos and or what images and whatnot you know like you know some people probably don't even realize that even if they've got the release that like you know there's an album cover but then there's actually a cover yeah. for each song you know and some of those take a few yes yeah, so it's it's a challenge like you have to get both sides you have to get the balance between it so that's why I don't I don't I, I don't know did graphic design digital stuff's a lot easier than old school mm. sending it off but it's still it's still a balance a balance you have to figure out I mean, yeah, I guess it, it could be maybe like, well, the the tools are easy, right? Yeah. You've got you've got, you know, a phone or wherever you can take good photographs, and then you can edit. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can get a finished result faster. Right. It just means you you you're more self-contained. You have all the tools. You know? Yeah. If you're doing it for five or six bands across the board, I mean, that's where do you find the hours in the day to do all of that? Especially if you're one or two people on a late, you know. Yeah. Label. So it's like, yeah, it's understandable why you don't do a lot of lens stuff anymore because it's you just wouldn't get any sleep. Yeah, <laughs> you just wouldn't. I mean, yeah. you just, if you had to be any kind of productive between your your paying gig and, and artistic stuff, it's you wouldn't get any sleep at all. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, uh. yeah, like I said, <laughs> it was you know personal reasons. Like at the time, you know, when I started the label, I had a a more lucrative job. And I had a lot more disposable income, mm -hmm. and that kind of came to an end. And um, yeah, you know, personal stuff like having a family, having having kids. It was like I don't have time to do this stuff anymore. And it was yeah, and like why why not kickstart it again? It's like yeah, no, I don't. You know, again, don't have don't have uh, endless supply of time and energy so it's like yeah i'd rather just spend it making my own music and you know i've got i've got two musical projects that i love doing so that keeps me busy totally like I said i can't I, i'd love to create more music with both of those entities so it's sort of i spend all my time there yeah, yeah. So. way easier <laughs>